Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's for worship today. There are some voices that are just unmistakable, like the voice of Morgan Freeman or Sean Connery or James Earl Jones. You know them right when you hear them. Today we'll hear about the most important voice, the voice of our Good Shepherd. We know what it sounds like, and that's the voice that we will follow. On this Good Shepherd Sunday, we follow the order of services. It's printed out for you in the worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin by singing our first hymn, 551. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord, who searches earnestly for his sheep and rejoices to bring them back, invites us to confess our sins and receive his forgiveness. Lord of all, we confess that we were born outside of your flock. We were harassed and helpless in our sins. We have closed our ears to your voice, looked for greener pastures than what you provide, and lingered by the prowling lion. We deserve to be devoured and destroyed. Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, has come to save you. He calls you by name. He calls you his own. He laid down his life and took it back up again for you. He has given you eternal life. You shall never perish. No one can snatch you out of his hand. As a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, you are the good shepherd who laid down your life for the sheep. Lead us now to the still waters of your life-giving word, that we may abide in your Father's house forevermore. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. When we think of our Good Shepherd, so often images of green pastures and quiet waters come to mind. That's the serene snapshot we get here in our first lesson from Acts chapter 2 as Jesus' sheep follow him. These words will also serve as the basis for our sermon. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The word of the Lord. The choir will sing its anthem now. Sadly, in this sinful world, it's not always quiet waters and green pastures. There's suffering for God's sheep here. But when those things come, we seek to follow the example of our good shepherd. Our second lesson from 1 Peter chapter 2. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? 
But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The word of our God. Thank you. 
Please stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel for today taken from John chapter 10, Jesus reminds us that there is no more important voice for us to listen to than his, because it's only through him that we are saved. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated for our next
Grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From God, our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, your Good Shepherd. Amen. God's Word we consider in our sermon today, the first lesson from Acts chapter 2. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today is a big day. In our late service, six young people be confirmed in the faith, acknowledging that only in Jesus' faithfulness to them have they been saved, but also promising faithfulness to him. Faithfulness even to the point of death, he will give them the crown of life. It's a big day. Invitations went out. Families coming from all around. Those confirmands will be wearing white robes, reminding us of Jesus' righteousness that clothes them from the time of their baptism. They'll have special flowers. There's special music today. Big day with a meal and parties, getting together with family and friends. You've had big days, too. Big days with a graduation. You'll be attending various big days toward the end of the school year here, no doubt, with some family or friends of yours, too. What so often happens after a big day is that you let down. And you get ready for different things. A new stage of life. You develop different friendships, get involved in different things, wrapped up in all kinds of other things. Yet today, our Good Shepherd reminds us the importance of what happens after the big day. See, our lesson from Acts chapter 2 describes what happened after the big day of Pentecost. That was a big day. The sound of a violent wind, what seemed to be tongues of fire resting on top of the disciples' heads. People who had never learned these other languages before, speaking them clearly, declaring the wonders of God. Peter preached a stirring sermon. 3,000 people repented and were baptized and were added to the number of believers on that big, big day. Yet just as for those early Christians in the early church, the same for you and me. Our good shepherd, who came so that we would have life to the full, he urges us after the big day, stay together. Stick together as Jesus' sheep, devoted to your shepherd's voice, selfless with your shepherd's gifts, and gladdened by your shepherd's blessings. Luke says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Now these were not just the opinions or the personalities of the apostles. These apostles, they had been led by their good shepherd in his teachings for three years. Their good shepherd sent them out, commissioned them to go and make disciples of all nations with his teachings, not their own. And when he poured out the Holy Spirit on them on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to remind the disciples of everything Jesus had taught them. So the apostles' teachings were really Jesus' teachings. They brought the good shepherd's voice to people all around them. The good shepherd's voice brings freedom, life, and light, and guidance in any and every situation, forgiveness, truth. So many amazing things come along with our good shepherd's voice. As Paul said, you were built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. The apostles' teachings the good shepherd's voice. But Jesus' sheep also devoted themselves to the fellowship. Fellowship is a word that means unity or togetherness. There are so many things that unite people here in this world. People are united 
by their own the same skin color or the last name that they have. People are united by the different sports teams that they follow or different political leanings or social status they may have. But there is no unity so deep and enduring as unity in our shepherd's voice. That fellowship in the apostles' teachings, that unity is what has brought you and me together again with God and brought you and me together again with each other after sin had ripped us apart. That unity is created as God the Holy Spirit calls us out of darkness and gathers us with the good shepherd's voice in the gospel into the holy Christian church. That amazing fellowship. Some people, when they hear the word fellowship, they think, well, that's just a bunch of rules of what we can't do with certain people at certain times. Here we see the positive side of fellowship. This should be first and foremost for us. Fellowship means, yes, we get together. We gather and devote ourselves to our good shepherd's voice. Where did they do that? Was it at church or was it at home? The answer is yes. They devoted themselves to this blessed fellowship around their Savior's voice at the temple every day and in their homes. They did not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. They let the word of their good shepherd dwell among them richly. These sheep of Jesus who were eager to gather together every day how could any sheep of Jesus find it a burden or a bother to gather together around their shepherd's voice once a week? What an amazing fellowship they were devoted to, these sheep of the Good Shepherd. And also they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. In this context, context of their Savior's voice and fellowship and worship of their Good Shepherd, how could we not view this as part of communion. Jesus, their good shepherd and ours, he took bread and broke it and gave thanks to God and told his sheep, continue to do this in remembrance of me. That's what God's sheep do when they gather together. They, they celebrate communion often, listening to their shepherd's voice. Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Take and drink. This is my blood shed for you. In this, you have forgiveness. You have fellowship. You are reunited in my love, the love of the Good Shepherd. They also devoted themselves to the prayers. Our translation says prayer, but a little better translation would be the prayers. Well, what prayers would that be referring to? Certainly the Lord's Prayer and other prayers that the early Christians used. But prayer is really all said with the attitude of, your will be done, Lord. Our prayer lives are, are really an echo of our shepherd's voice. All of this devotion to our shepherd's voice. What devotion? What is devotion, though? I'd say a good picture of devotion is taking care of a pet or an animal. We all remember what that was like growing up. Our parents said, if you want to have a pet, you've got to take care of it. You've got to feed it every day. You've got to make sure regularly that the cage is clean or the fence is put together so there aren't any openings. The pet can't escape. If the pet gets sick, you might have to make an appointment with the vet or make sure you give it some medicine. When you take care of an animal, unexpected things can come up too, such as the dog gets off the leash. And you have to chase all around the countryside trying to find it, trying to get the dog back again. It might not happen right away, but if you let up in your devotion to taking care of that animal, that animal could get sick, lost, even die. Eventually, that's what will happen if you neglect the animal. Yet, that's the same way when it comes to our devotion to our shepherd's voice. It takes constant attention. 
It takes regular listening. Don't neglect it. Because what's at stake is not just the death of a pet, but it's our own eternal souls. Anyone who continues to neglect the shepherd's voice, anyone who continues to give up on devotion to their Savior's word and the apostles' teachings, they will be led astray and lost. They will be stolen and swallowed up in eternal death. But today, how can you miss it? How can you possibly miss your good shepherd's devotion to you? You as an individual, he knows you by name. He knows your unique struggles and temptations and strayings and failings. And still, he laid down his life for you, only to take it back up again. He calls you his own by your name. In his baptism, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, made you his own. He restores your soul by his word. He leads you in paths of his righteousness, showing you how for every command you broke, he kept it in your place. He gives you eternal life, and no one can snatch you out of his hand. His daily devotion and protection and care for you as his sheep. So after the big day, stay close together. Stay close together as Jesus' sheep devoted to your shepherd's voice, but also selfless with your shepherd's gifts. On Confirmation Sunday, most confirmands get gifts. Maybe they'll get a confirmation Bible or a confirmation hymnal, some prayer books or devotion books, a card with a, a sizable check in it, maybe just a special outing for a great meal. But no matter whose name is at the bottom of the card, that gift is really from the Good Shepherd. He owns all things. He has given us everything we have, our brains and our abilities, and he uses other people to provide for all of our needs. That's what Jesus' sheep in the early Christian church understood. They knew it very well. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Just like sheep grazing in lush, green grass, acre after acre, as far as the eye could see, they don't have to worry that there won't be enough for them. They can freely invite other sheep to come and graze there too. They can share all of that pasture. There's a never-ending amount, all from their good shepherd. There are so many people in need. There are widows and orphans, those who are in advanced age and the very young, the sick and the disabled. And our Good Shepherd uses others, like you and me, to provide for them and their needs. Our Good Shepherd certainly can use his representative in government as it carries out its role of doing good for its citizens to assist in things like housing and food. Our Good Shepherd uses families, first and foremost, to assist other family members who are in need, but also all of his sheep in his flock. As sheep of the Good Shepherd, seek to help others who are in need. Anyone who is part of the Good Shepherd's flock will freely part with possessions for those in need. Anyone who shares in this fellowship here will gladly share of their possessions to help others who are in need. And what is the greatest need? The need for people to hear of their spiritual bankruptcy before God and how in their good shepherd they have all the riches of the heavenly realms. Yes, whether you were confirmed today or 50 years ago, we'll gladly share our good shepherd's gifts so others can hear of him, their greatest need. After the big day, stick together. Selfless with our Good Shepherd's gifts. And also gladdened by your Shepherd's blessings. There's something amazing about good art. Take, for example, this stained glass window up here. 
This stained glass window, if you ever get a chance to look a little bit more closely at it, you see all the different colors and shades that are used in it, different textures and different sizes of glass all melded together so that when you step back, it just comes to life. It's beautiful. As people in Jerusalem stepped back and looked at the flock of the Good Shepherd, they couldn't help but say, that's awesome. I see God's hand behind all of that. Listen to what happened there in Jerusalem. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Many wonders and signs. Those who were lame were given the ability to walk, to jump and leap and praise God. Even those who fell underneath the shadow of one of the apostles were healed of their sicknesses. Those who had demons, those demons were cast out. The dead were raised to life. These wonders and signs that happened among the apostles in the early church, all done by God's power. And by God's power, miracles still happen among Jesus' flock today. Those who were dead in their sins and transgressions brought to spiritual life by their shepherd's voice, part of the first resurrection. Those who are blind to God's grace now see it in their good shepherd. Those who were hostile and allied with the devil, hostile to God, now serve in harmony with God. And others can see the change, whether they're believers or not. We who are selfish by nature now selfless with our good shepherd's gifts. We who were separate and on our own in sin, now brought together by God's spirit, and it shows. And others can be amazed by that. What else happened? They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Others could see. Others could tell. And God used that to attract others to the flock so that they could hear the shepherd's voice and be added to the number of Jesus' sheep as well. How blessed it is to live in our good shepherd's flock. Let's stick together, stay together, even after the big day today, gladdened by our shepherd's blessing. Here in Acts 2, we have such a snapshot of serenity, a picture of peace. Yet that's not what life was always like. As you read through the rest of the book of Acts, you see Jesus' sheep imprisoned, flogged, put on trial. You see them scattered in different directions. You see them put to death for following their good shepherd's voice. I'm not sure what kinds of temptations and suffering we will all face moving forward from this big day. But it does highlight the importance of us sticking together. Stay together around our shepherd's voice through whatever trials and troubles come our way. All looking ahead to the biggest day. The biggest day when our good shepherd will return to take us home to the true green pastures and the quiet waters where we will live in his house forevermore. What a great day that will be. Amen. Please stand. I may the peace of God which goes beyond all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. 
For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Continue with prayer. Holy Spirit, graciously keep our young confirmands in the faith that you have worked within them in Jesus Christ, our Good Shepherd. It is by his faithfulness that we are saved. Help all of us to be faithful to him, following him in repentant faith, even to the point of death, that we may receive the crown of life obtained by his righteousness for us. And Jesus, Lord of the Church, please give wisdom and clarity to Pastor Miller as he deliberates his call to serve at St. Paul's in North Mankato, Minnesota. Bless the ministry there and here, that many more souls won by you may trust in you and follow you through this life to the glory that you now enjoy. And we also join in our Savior's name to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated for our distribution of communion. If you're visiting with us today, please also note our practice of close communion as it's outlined on the board and in our bulletin. <laughs> 